it's sunday and it's england versus italy in wembley what do you think is going to happen let's not predict right now okay we will talk about it welcome to the podcast where we the fans talk about football from the stands and to talk about the hot topic the really hot topic this sunday is the euros final between italy and england and to talk about it and to go through the road that both italy and england had to go through to reach the finals uh, i have with you aman welcome back aman thank you nikhil and also we again have adarsh adarsh again like thank you for being here welcome back uh thanks for having me yeah <laughs> so boys boys so sunday is looking really juicy right we have italy versus uh england in england in london wembley how are the odds for you uh finally finally we are at the final match at euros and finally it's going to be it, it, either it's coming home or it's coming rome <laughs> so yeah uh super excited uh been a great tournament to watch as always uh, uh as i already said earlier euros never disappoint uh it's been a wonderful journey to the final some surprising results surprising players coming up surprising teams making it to the semi finals quarters and everything uh yeah so looking forward to it definitely aman uh, what do you think like uh, italy versus england like this could be uh, a dream final it is it is two big heavyweights of europe clashing it is a dream final and it doesn't get better any better for england right they are playing at their home at wembley majority of their players uh, you know uh, like are maybe you know used to playing there because of their clubs so we do have an exciting encounter you know of the cards again if you speak about the odds nikhil i think it is still fairly even if you have to say you know you have to give uh, in favor of somebody i think england you know uh, are the favorites because of the attack they possess and because of their bench you know the game could go to extra time and i think england's bench is a lot more stronger than italy so yeah exciting encounter definitely but you know england and italy both have something uh, you know the a kind of a momentum going through to the final because england uh, of late they have been scoring in goals uh, they have a very good unit to go through and italy have been really strong throughout the tournament so uh, if you have to choose one one within the 90 minutes of frame who would that be aman you go first uh i don't want it to be this way but i think england are you know better suited to win mm-hmm. because it's wembley they're playing in or, or any other reason yeah the motivation is quite high and you know i think i do think that the home advantage uh, as well as you know a better bench is going to play in their favor right adarsh uh i think i'll go with aman uh with uh, i think england has an advantage home advantage uh, fairly and uh this group of lads if you see this current england squad very very young talented and most of all most most motivated team one of the most motivated team in the whole tournament and Definitely. obviously he is equally motivated 
but i feel this generation of england has been uh, uh, great great young players great bench great strength in bench obviously uh so i feel this is going to be the year after 1966 if i'm not wrong then i think this is the first final they have reached after 19, 1966 so it's mm-hmm. it's been a quite long wait for them and i think that's going to end this year so and right it's finally coming home right guys according to yes, you yes it's definitely coming but it's going to be a tough uh, task for them because italy if you see uh, the bench of italy it's it is also good and the team uh, if you see the goals coming in italy have uh, more number of players different players scoring goals at the tournament compared to england so the midfield uh, they they have goals coming in from midfield everywhere like defense midfield and obviously strikers also scoring so it's going to be a tough task for england i think definitely so the predictions are in but let's go through the road that they had to go through to reach where they are let's start with italy okay i'll just give a quick recap of what happened they defeated 3-0 to turkey in the opening match of the euros uh, mm-hmm. and then they have met switzerland where they again beaten 3-0 and then they met wales which was a 1-0 match pretty okay not dull affair to be honest but it was an okay match so they topped the group and for mm. england they started with croatia which was a 1-0 nearly pipped them and the second match was a draw between scotland and the third match again was a 1-0 win against uh, czech republic so uh, guys if you see that the group stages we can clearly see that italy is here for the win and england were really really looking shaky as of now like, till the group stage what has changed between england and italy as of now what do you think like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store yeah nikhil see it's a long tournament right and like uh, i know that uh, the way a team starts a tournament is pretty important but i also think the momentum they gather in uh, midway is mm-hmm. you know quite uh, important as well because we have seen many teams who start with a blast but then you know they lose their luster somewhere in the middle but that mm-hmm. has not been the case okay i know england has a uh, bloomed plate if you say so but that's if you compare a parameter of goals scored but if you look at the other parameter which is goals conceded now of course england has still not conceded a goal from open play in the tournament uh, yeah, italy yeah. as well like they didn't concede any goal in the group stages so and we have very well known the fact that you know it is quite clear that uh, uh, okay goals can win your matches but defense does when you fight is right so both the teams have a pretty good defense but england's defense has pipped at least if we consider the stats so right we do have to give equal weightage to that as well and uh, if we consider them so yeah england are coming good at it so it's pretty even stevens there yeah but some would argue there that england has been playing with six or seven defensive options on the field at a given time uh so that could also be an option for you know being uh, having clean sheet and not even conceding a goal in open play adarsh uh what are your opinions on that uh no i don't think that should be a reason because uh, playing for five is become very common these days at back because the two wing backs are not generally a defend considered at uh, in like 
proper defenders they just they play more of as a wingers and to and have a more attacking threat so i think that shouldn't be an excuse uh, of not scoring in enough goals but uh, yeah so i think uh, england were shaky at times in group stages as you mentioned but i think after the group stages in the knockouts they have been very a much improved team defensively and obviously attacking wise as well uh, as you can see in the group stages they sorry knockouts uh, they scored two goals against germany and then four against ukraine in the quarters so yeah i think uh, they get their job done that's more important uh, and scoring not enough goals well uh, having men like uh, many numbers of defenders on pitch should is not a reason of not scoring goals so but i think uh, they have improved uh, throughout the tournament compared to the group stages and yeah but then, uh, sorry to cut you there but then yeah. somebody some people argue that england has had an easier route to the final than compared to italy so uh, that could also and we cannot totally deny that can we no no we cannot obviously uh, comparatively obviously england has had a uh, easier road but again uh, that shouldn't be an excuse because uh, uh, teams like ukraine and denmark have been a phenomenal performers at the tournament so if they can uh, i think if uh, they could have lost to them too so Uh, obviously italy has had uh, tougher opponents compared to england like talking about round of 16 they had portugal then quarters they had belgium then obviously semis they had mm. spain all of them uh, are like top top teams at the euros so uh, yeah uh, sorry nikhil and others but you know like why i defy you know uh, that opinion the reason being that uh, of course you know when we look on paper it seems as if oh, at least road has been you know slightly more tougher tight, yeah but yeah yeah but but if you look at it very closely you will see it okay so england in their first match faced croatia okay croatia are last world cups finalists finalists okay? so it's a pretty yeah. good team there okay okay scotland and czech republic you can agree are weaker teams but then they faced germany Uh, Germany has one of been one of the powerhouses of Europe. So again, a very tough match because a knockout game. Now let us come to the semi-finals. It was Denmark. Denmark are world number ten in ranking. Okay, so if it might it might seem so that okay they are not such a big team, but okay on world ranking stage because of the performances they are world number ten. So okay again it's you know not a small team if you consider that. So like I know it seems like on paper uh, the bigger nations and titles, but England's road has been you know. equally tough as at least if not you could say you know less or more definitely yeah i think that's what uh, even i told that uh, if uh, they could have lost to either ukraine or denmark too they are fantastic team and they have been a great performers throughout the euros so but yeah comparatively on paper if you say so then italy has had a uh tougher uh, run but uh, again that shouldn't be an excuse or anything uh, going into the finals definitely now that we are talking about the group stage i would love to ask you guys who was the player of group stage for both of you it could be one or two maximum hello 
क्वार्टर्स Absolutely, they owe it to their striker, right? Five goals in those stages. Uh, I don't think anyone else is the player of the team apart from Patrick Schick. Definitely. For you, Adesh, what do you think? Uh, I think I'll go with Schick only <laughs> because uh, uh, there have been few great performers. If you just uh, uh, if you just don't consider goals as a parameter of, uh, then there have been few great players. Uh, I would not forget Madian Locatelli. Uh, okay. Two goals against Switzerland were just wonderful. Yeah, so he has been, and obviously throughout the group stages, all three matches he has been fantastic at the midfield, and then uh, a midfielder of his age, I think he is just twenty-three, and uh, dominating the play from midfield at at a senior level at Euros is a big thing for him. But yeah, it's been a, I think he's been surprising package. at this tournament yeah sorry for uh, sorry to the listeners that we mentioned that shik is still at roma he's not at roma uh, no, no. apologies for that and let's just continue from there we go to the quarter finals you mentioned germany the game against germany and england for me personally that game was a little bit of flop uh, i was i wasn't convinced with that game to be honest Uh, I didn't see anybody winning the game in normal time. To be honest, frankly, because the quality of football both the teams were playing for me was really dull at that day. Somehow things happened and Germany lost their track. Uh, otherwise, it was a one-nil game for me. What do you guys think? Yeah, to be honest, Trinkel, you know what? Uh, both teams were too scared to lose. Okay, so that's what happens in a knockout game. Uh, you are scared to lose because it's one bad move and you might be out of tournament. So both the teams were. Uh, being very cautious, uh, you know, they were not letting the chance go loose, and then and as again, you know, England's bench strength came into play, and then you know, things happened, and it was the first goal, and it was the second goal, and uh, by the time you you know it finished, Germany were out. Yeah, yeah Harry Kane I... scored his uh, first goal in the Euros. <laughs> yeah, so even I feel uh, that game was pretty boring according to the teams. They are like considered England and Germany one of the biggest teams at the Euros and in Europe, not just in Europe and the world stage. So it was pretty boring game. But yeah, it's it, football. I think is just about uh, just taking your chance at the right moment. And I think England just did that and just uh, took advantage of Germany. And uh, Harry Kane, yeah, talking about him, uh, yeah, he was he was a not he didn't score at the group stages and everything, but yeah, that goal I think kickstarted his uh, Euro journey, and uh, now I think uh, uh, he has four goals at the yeah, tournament. But, but speaking of Harry Kane, he has been taking a lot of responsibility. You know, like I've yeah. he's the captain of the team. I've seen a lot of England matches, and you know what? Like I know he's a striker, and his position has been up front. But 
he has been quite selfless to drop back and provide balls to Sterling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other mm-hmm. wingers, okay. So we'll yeah, we can, yeah, we we think of Kane and we think goals because of course uh, you know he's known for that. But we should not forget that he is an equally good playmaker. Okay? Yeah. For Tottenham or be it for England, he has been doing a lot of you know going back and providing balls. So yeah, yeah. good for him. Good on him. I feel he has that Wayne Rooney aura around him that he, Wayne Rooney used to track back and provide assists to and uh, also make uh, playmakes from the midfield. I think he has that Wayne Rooney aura around him and obviously taking up responsibility and leading the team. So yeah, he's been doing that late from the front. But you know, uh, it it seems a little unfair for Harry Kane to be compared to someone else because Harry Kane himself is a phenomenon. You know that guy yeah, is just wonderful. That guy has an aura of his own. Sorry to cut you there, Adash, but I don't think Rooney comparison to Rooney would be apt here. Uh, <laughs> being a United fan will be a downgrade to Rooney. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, but yeah, let's not compare this. Why do you always have to bring United some way or the other, man? I don't it's know. Not, why. It's not about being uh, bringing United, but you cannot compare Wayne Rooney, the great Wayne Rooney Vaza, to Harry Kane. Look at the goals and look at the mm, the amount of awards, and so you just cannot compare them. But to be honest, like one hurricane goal, one nil England victory, and I think uh, hurricane would have just evaded Rooney's legacy because that's what England want right now. They want definitely. The they uh, want yeah. The Agreed. Home. Agreed. Shifting a focus from England to uh, Italy now, and Italy's round of 16 tie was against uh, Austria. How pleasantly surprised Italy were! I mean, the whole 90 minute tried, they tried, tried, and nothing happened. And then suddenly Mancini makes a substitution and the game has turned. Like three goals were scored within half an hour then in the 90 minute itself. Uh, Aman, what do you think about the Austrian performance that night? Uh, oh, firstly, no one could have predicted that game going to extra time. So the fact that Austria could could take that game to extra time is inspiring. Is you know it's one good factor you know on Austria's side. And you know what. Paved in at least favor was uh, the rule that you can allow five substitutions, right? So right, yeah, like right, yeah. So because of that, uh, Mancini could just do his substitution. That changed the game. Now, of course, we cannot compare at least Benzema with Austria, and unfortunately, you know, Austria had to go out, but they could, you know, go home proud. Yeah, and how wonderful has Kiesa been this tournament? Player of the tournament oh, for Italy, oh. best player for Italy, I think. Yeah. Coming in at all the crucial times, scoring all the crucial goals. I mean, Definitely. that boy has been just firing, man. That's spitting fire. I think uh, that guy just following the footsteps of his father. Uh, his father was prolific, to be honest. I mean, the uh, yeah, of attention that he has gathered for himself from the last year itself is just yeah. uh, not his father achieved in his whole career. Yeah, that that. I agree that he has been phenomenal and just being there at the right time when the Italy need needs someone to score and he's been there and stood up and took it the responsibility. No, he's been phenomenal uh, for Italian football. Yeah, and such a young lad. I think 23, 24 again. He even he is 23, 24 and just winning hearts. 
from Italy. And obviously, uh, talking about Austria, man, that team was looking for like something spectacular in yeah. this tournament. Uh, but unfortunately, they had to meet Italy at such a earlier stage, uh, and obviously. But then yeah. they back for the next round. That's enough for them, I guess. Uh, yeah, but uh, surprising performance from the Euros of surprises. I think many smaller teams, and I think uh, for me, for me, hands down, it has been the best Euros I've ever witnessed. Yeah, same, 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 Emma. Great, great tournament, and obviously Australia. Oh, sorry, Austria has been <laughs> great at this tournament. Yeah. All right. So Italy progressed from round of 16 by beating uh, Austria. and meeting belgium uh, in their road to final and they were magnificent a certain left back spinazola ran the oh, show oh. that day crazy crazy that game i think has to be uh, i think italy put on a show that day that was a great tournament a great game and i think uh, italy just proved them that uh, they can just take on anybody at this tournament because beating belgium uh, belgium 2-1 was not a easy thing we expected and obviously many thought belgium would go advance to the semis yeah, but that didn't you know belgium were one of the favorites to win the yeah, tournament yeah but uh, man barella and insane yeah what goals man what goals <laughs> crazy goals that tournament was uh, like that match was amazing Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you remember that Donnarumma save. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> oh, Kevin I'm De Bruyne. Yeah. Think about uh, uh, that save that Spinazzola made at the I think second half for Lukaku to deny his equalizer. Yeah. Too good, too good. I think uh, it was one of the games of the tournament because I think it was a tactical masterclass. We. Definitely. See, yeah. See, Belgium is high on attackers. First of all, Belgium they uh, were not expected to play Kevin De Bruyne, but they ended up playing them. So that yeah. was the first surprise of the game. Secondly, uh, uh, Belgium are a team which is high on rhythm and flow, right? They have pretty good attackers, yeah, and mostly any opponent they play, they are the ones who dominate. But uh, Italy came in, and from the first minute, it was a totally Italian dominance all over. I did not expect Italy to dominate uh, Belgium so heavily. Uh, it at any point it didn't seem like you know Belgium is going to beat Italy in that match, and that is a bit equals to win that match. So like a pretty pretty good performance from Italy. And if you could if you could go to that next match, a completely opposite performance, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. In the quarterfinals, they dominated from minute one. In semi-finals, they didn't even bother to do that. They knew Spain played the uh, possession game. They let them have it, and you know when the time was right, they counter-attacked and scored a goal. So two contrasting playing styles and victories in both matches. So you credit the man. And who other than Federico Chiesa who got that <laughs> wonderful curler inside? Who oh, the whole Spanish side was stunned to be honest. I remember everybody was just on their knees and like they didn't expect it to happen, did they? No, that oh. thing, uh, that goal came as a surprise to the whole Spanish team and everybody watching the game because, uh, uh, as uh, Aman mentioned, uh, they didn't bother to dominate from minute one. But yeah, I it's think, like they didn't want to bother, but they were not allowed to bother. To be honest, it's nothing to take away from Spain's accreditations, you know. Uh, 
obviously yeah talking about uh, possession game they have been spain i think thrives on possession game so yeah they they let them do that and they took advantage of that in the counter and obviously kiesa that goal and obviously uh, morata thought he has had his reputation back and then unfortunately it had to be him again at the penalties to miss it and obviously jorginho with a one of the icing cool penalty ever <laughs> at a semi final uh, that man is is that penalty man i i cannot just imagine a guy a footballer at the top level taking that cool penalty at a semi final never imagine yeah yeah aman aman take us through the semi final again please now firstly we need to uh, okay so italy versus spain okay it is as big as it gets okay so the first half starts and we expect uh, of course we expect spain to dominate the position but you know it was not just position this time we have been complaining of spain that they hold a lot of position but they don't show that intent in attacking but the intent was there too okay so they had five shots on target uh, in the first half uh, italy had none okay and in the 60th minute uh, Chiesa equalize, uh, you know, scores an absolute stunner. Nobody expects it. It was the first shot of target from Italy, and it was a goal. And then again, you expect. I thought the match was done, to be honest, because if Italy goes one nil up against you, uh, to break Italy's defenses after that, and not just Italy's defenses, I say that because you have the two of the most experienced defenders in world football <laughs> opposing you, right? You have Chiesa and Bonucci. Right, you you don't think you're going to get two past Chiellini and Bonucci, right? So Italy like had one foot in the final at Chiesa's goal itself. Uh, but Kudos uh, to Morata, like you know, uh, I think when from the moment he came on, he was quite high on belief and confidence. He got that goal, beautiful one-two, and he got that goal. But you know, unfortunately, Italians just with their resilience have marched to the final. Yeah. You know, some people also mention that uh, Bonucci and Chiellini are not that good on the ball; that they are off the ball. It doesn't matter. It's just opinions. They get the job done. That's what anybody wants. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my I God! Those that guys... has been dominating the world football since ages now. Uh, More than two decades now. Yeah. So I think they have experience. They have that agility, and then. that confidence then leadership everything you could ask for in a footballer or in a defender they they both just have it and having both of them at the uh, at the heart of a defense is a blessing i don't know how long they are going to continue their career but it's just a joy to watch them defend like that you know those are the last two old school boys left in football i think uh yeah And that cap, that you mentioned, others that captaincy that reminds me of the banter that Kellini had with uh, Jordi Alba. Oh, oh my God! Oh my God! They had that. They they won penalties there only. I I feel that was the victory of Italy. That toss was the victory. <laughs> He was literally bullying Jordi Alba. <laughs> That's that. That was. it is victory out there and you could just imagine 
Uh, no, it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense, right? Okay, so you have penalties in front of you, okay? And that's the road to the finals. You lose that and you go out at a stage, you know, where you could no, have... No, but I feel that... And, and to have that level of chillness and, you know, just not to feel that pressure, it is not... Exactly. Easy. I'm just talking about that uh, that chillness and that icing cold attitude and... and just having that confidence is is a win itself you talk about the, in the penalties also the last winning penalty of jorginho what penalty man i don't know it's it's something very different and very special about this italy team that they have they don't feel pressure i feel they they just they just do it in like very cool manner so that that's that's the i think biggest advantage because people do miss out and do not perform under pressure talk about uh, morata i think uh, he he feels pressure a lot and i think he underperforms in pressure and talk about the italian team they are just too chill to, to give a damn about it absolutely right. i think all said and done but we do have two deserving finalists in the final so yeah like no complaints uh, both the teams they do deserve to be there and hopefully it's a great watch for everyone all right before we move to the second semi final that happened between england and denmark we'll discuss that in a bit i want to know who is the player of the tournament for italy italian squad so far for you guys sorry uh player of the tournament i think kiesa for italy Uh, he has just, yeah, he's been there at the right moment, at the right time, and when the team and the country needed the most. Yeah, absolutely. Like Italy really has performed as a team. You know that has not been. Uh, you could say okay, so there have been individual performances to steer them through. You know particular games, but overall, uh, you know they have really functioned well as a whole unit. If you could, you know, you could actually, you cannot even, you know. Say Donnarumma, like Donnarumma was actually one of the best players in the Italian side uh, in this tournament. But we don't notice his performances because okay, that's how it works, right? Goalkeepers mm. are not that appreciated. So like even yeah, Donnarumma was one of the uh, you know players for Italy this tournament. Uh, he has made some crucial moments. Him and Chiesa and you know Locatelli. Uh, so Italy has really performed well as a unit. Yeah, even for the group stages, I think Immobile was really good, but he hasn't scored since. Yeah. And I think how can we not forget, how can we forget Barella? Oh yeah, Barella and Georgie. You know, I think the, then again we're the not talking team, about the yeah. whole Italian squad now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I told you, right? They have performed as a unit, right? You cannot pinpoint a particular player. Right. All right. Now that Italian squad is the player of the tournament for us. Uh, let's move <laughs> to the second second semi final that was really really controversial. Uh, was it a penalty or not? Uh, Aman. Uh, see, Nikhil. Uh, we firstly, before coming to that, let us uh, see who was into the focus and who was into the picture. Yeah, it's Raheem Sterling. Okay. Now Raheem <laughs> Sterling has been quite notorious. Okay. If you yeah. go back and see his Premier League performances, he has been the winner of majority of penalties for City also, mm-hmm. and here also. So you see, you could argue about the rules in the game. and if you could use the rules maybe you can find a way to justify how the penalty was given okay but mm-hmm. uh, we know that he has induced that okay it was not a penalty if you go by the spirit of the game or the ethical standards of the game you know uh, he should he uh, i was just you know listening to and reading 
also has interview that he was quite clear in his head that it's a penalty he had been fouled but he very well knows that in the head he has been here many times it was a penalty which he you know induced and acted upon nothing else yeah even gary never mentioned that it wasn't a penalty in million years ago uh, but who cares <laughs> they won <laughs> absolutely right yeah i think it was a bit harsh on denmark uh they didn't not deserve bit, that man not bit that was very yeah. harsh on the very effort harsh. that i put very to harsh. reach there that yeah. is just but, shattering yeah but again at the end of the day results matter and that's how you win games and you whether obviously if it's penalty is was or was not is not the question right now but yeah it's just how it is but i think it wasn't a penalty it was a uh, pretty well created and acted uh, rather than deserving penalty but but we can't do anything about it now <laughs> so, the, the people who could do anything about it didn't do anything so what could we do exactly, exactly. so right we also have var right now like so we have var right now you know so uh-huh. who get a second look and second check at it Oh, second look, they they have thousands of look to make. Then they and it did it give a penalty. Exactly. So they have they had multiple filters and but you know that's what you know whenever an on field call is made, you know, I feel that you know uh, somehow they just find a rule to justify what has been given, and then that decision just goes through, which is not the point of the uh, right. You just forget about the on field call. and you make a decision based on the multiple angles which you have which you know the referee doesn't and you take a better informed decision on basis of that but you know enough criticism of var i still think it needs a lot of work uh, it shouldn't have been a penalty you know at this stage uh, at this point you know the point also becomes so important uh, you know that goal put denmark out of the tournament right uh, after putting yeah. so much hard work right so their next needs to be better decision making yeah and uh, i feel uh, i also uh, saw uh, england fans putting lasers on kashper michael's face during that penalty so that's also pretty harsh uh, you already got a penalty and then fans should just uh, shut their mouth and just watch that it. is disgraceful to be honest you that, know the, the english fans has been disrespectful to every team that has played in wembley right, yeah right. being a fan Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Yeah, the boy yeah, the national anthem as well. Uh, you know they have been doing other uh, teams national anthems whenever the you know, match has been at Wembley, and also their off-field behavior has been quite uh, disgraceful. So yeah, I think that is one of the reasons where you know everybody else else is you know supporting Italy. It is because of behavior of the fans. Take nothing from the players. The players are actually good humans. You see that in English team. It's Uh, you know Marcus Rashford, Raheem Sterling. Yeah, you actually Rashford. see something good happening between them. It's not like what happened to you, what used to happen between Lampard, Scholes, and all those guys exactly. that when they used to play. Exactly. I think no high egos, like no high egos. Yeah. You know, it's just the uh, behavior of the fans of the field, you know, which is propelling everybody else to support it. Uh, yeah, I think the major advantage of this England generation and the team is. Uh, the team chemistry you talk about uh, every player whether they play for rival clubs or the biggest clubs in premier league they just don't care when they are playing for italy uh, sorry england and uh, like just... look at the composition look at the composition of the team okay so the yeah. four defenders are from manchester opposite half of manchester okay two from yeah. city two from united you see you go further forward we have a uh, 
missing piece of england uh, for many years that is why i feel they have never reached a major european or a major tournament final since 1966 because they have always had those ego clashes and that arch rival feeling between them whether you talk about uh, lampard's calls uh, uh, gerard carrick anyone so they always has have had that ego issues but i think this generation are a group of very very talented individuals and obviously a very talented team performances too and the chemistry you know are- you know roy keen there was a photo picture of uh, john stones and harry maguire talking to each other after manchester derby came last year and roy keen was really furious about it you know he mentioned where uh, i don't see this happening between two manchester clubs it's an absolute sorcery i mean if you look at the picture now that all makes sense like it's not an absolute sorcery that is the team spirit that what it counts at the end of the day definitely Absolutely i feel, right. yeah i feel uh, england sorry uh, spain to you see spain spanish national team over the years they have always had players from real madrid and barcelona and i think el clasico is one of the biggest rivalries in the world football but still they have, they have been winning trophies world cup euros because of the chemistry and you talk about italy they have been players from east milan inter milan roma juventus they have been, even they are our rivals so they other other i think other nations have always had that chemistry and england had always lacking it and this team has that aman what do you think absolutely i think the english media does have a role to play in that the english media is one of the worst media teams you know in the world they are always critical they are all they always pick up an issue which is not of that much relevance and give it that spice and things become sour at the end which has been you know one of the major reasons you know because of the huge uh, ego clashes in the england team but uh, you see that this time you know the players are not pretty much concerned with that we have such young but mature individuals in the in english team and they have struggled so much to be here so it just reflects in that on team performances right it's a very good point others made you know because like if we could uh, you know play in a classico and then turn up for your national team and act like you are not belonging to two of the biggest world football rivals and you know can still play with that chemistry and that camaraderie and win titles you know it's for the world to see you should be learning from that and you know so this particular england team they have just one target one focus it is that they need to bring football home nothing else they are not deviating from that you know their goal and aim so it's good to see definitely and again talking about the semi finals denmark went out with all their hearts they played really really good football really attractive football uh, but it's sad to see uh, them go out for me denmark has been the uh, darkest horse or the best team for me uh, or as people say their second favorite country in this tournament for me as well i mean i'm i'm one of those people absolutely all heart to denmark right coming nobody expected denmark in the final not after two matches of group stages right they were on zero points from there to you know 
coming to the semi finals i think they, it's not a sad story it's a happy what story. a story what a story yeah definitely yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah also losing christian eriksen at the early stage and uh, i think he he was the most important player of the team and he is still but again uh, reaching such a advanced stage of a major final is all all hearts and all for those to the team team spirit actually i would call that definitely now 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 we all know who the finals let's now that we are progressing towards the end of this podcast episode so i would know, like to know what are your score predictions for the final um who wants to go first mm I'll go um, first. I, yeah. I think I think it's uh, gonna go to the penalties. One one draw in ninety minutes. No goals in extra minutes. It's going to go to the penalties. All right. And uh, who, England to win in the penalties? Uh, yeah, I think England might just. Prep Brother, it. if it goes to penalties, I don't think England would win it ever. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, to be honest, Nikhil, I uh, I did say that England are the favorites. Uh, all I wanted to win, but you are right. Uh, like if it goes to penalties, England just not might be the favorites after the penalties. I can picture. Yeah. Uh, I feel one-one in ninety minutes and two-one to England in extra time. I don't think this match will go ahead. Uh, go ahead for the penalties. Yeah, okay for me i think it'll be an italian win definitely okay. and, uh, and let's go ballistic um, um um 3-1 3-1 for italy <laughs> okay okay so you that's it nickel that uh, england just might concede as many goals as they've not let in the whole tournament combined you know people should really know what actually pickford is <laughs> like that guy has been disguised by some Again, other you- defenders No, firstly, uh, I was surprised you, you, Pickford is starting right because you have Dean Henderson, right? Now, exactly. Pickford was you, bench, benched at Everton. Olsen played <laughs> matches in between instead of Pickford. So, like, you are the number one for your team, uh, uh, national team, but you are not getting a game for your club side. That was the scenario midway through the Premier League, right? Now, and now he what? He is he has got the Golden Glove already. Yeah, he has got it. Sorry, Nikhil. I'm sorry. I I just. saw what you did there uh, being a merseyside uh, rival to everton's don't just be jealous of pickford <laughs> i'm not jealous of pickford i i just hate that guy that guy killed nearly killed virgil van dyke <laughs> liverpool did get a penalty for that but i Any, think anyway okay let's just yeah. premier league aside premier league aside sorry pickford, um, pickford i think he, he's done a good job not been that bad I I think the way you yeah, guys are tremendous job like uh, not yeah anything coming from the defenders his goalkeeping has been good he has yeah. been crucial save yeah. not uh, bad not bad not, yeah not bad but actually he he cracks under pressure everybody does man everybody does like uh, you talk about all the major goalkeepers under pressure okay i'll change my words <laughs> yeah All right. So guys, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this wonderful journey with me on this Euros and definitely we love to see who wins the Euros and do tell us who do you think are going to win it. So thank you Adarsh and Aman once again. 
and welcome the all right yeah thank you <laughs> uh, this would be the end of our fifth episode uh, we'll catch you on the other side of the euros where all the fun begins in the transfer market yes all right aman uh, i aman and adarsh i i'm i'm hoping that you guys really watch the transfer market up close because it's going to be a lot of movement there yeah lot of movement it's already started It, it has already begun right it has yeah. we will have more to talk about it after the euros and because then it will really pick up its speed yes. yes so this will be the final episode on euros because the next episode uh, will be no or will be knowing who will be the winner so that'll be it from our side for the euros we'll catch you really soon all right thank you guys for tuning in and i hope you are staying safe wherever you are and wear a mask all right thank you <laughs>